there is always a bigger and better opportunity. They just have to take that leap of faith mm-hmm. and trust that they, you know, um, that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Coupled with, you know, um, working hard and dedication. Because you can dream all you want, but if you're not prepared to work hard, you're never going to get to wherever you want to be. You, mm-hmm. there, like I always say, there is no elevator to success. You got to climb the stairs and you got to work for it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Podcast, a show where we share success principles, explore the stories, experiences, and journey of real people in order to provide newcomers with strategies to succeed. My name is David Ojenga. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Harlan Ruiz, who is a licensed immigration consultant. Harlan shared how to overcome limiting beliefs, how to deal with failure, how to overcome insecurities as an immigrant, and much more. Please help me in welcoming Harlan Ruiz. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Harlan. Thank you, uh, David, for the warm introduction. I am truly honored and humbled to be here today. So let's let's dive right into it with the time we have here today. There's a story behind every decision to migrate. What was yours? Okay, so uh, you know, I'm really glad that you asked me that question because my immigration journey to Canada was actually something that I did not decide for myself. It was initiated by one of my sisters who first came to Canada in 1991 as a live-in caregiver, and she was working in Singapore uh, for several years, and then later decided to make a leap of faith and moved to Canada. So the decision to move to Canada was not entirely mine. Uh, It was predetermined by my sister, as I said. And I believe uh, growing up from a very poor family, um, she she has always dreamed of providing a better future, not only for herself, but for the rest of the family. And honestly to that, I am I am forever grateful to her because all of the wonderful blessings and opportunities that has really opened up for me is all because of her. Um, She made that sacrifice of coming to Canada and landed in a city that no one has ever really heard of, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, a place that really no one has ever heard of a place that no one can pronounce. And um, honestly, I'm just really grateful for her, to her for opening so many windows of opportunity. So that's, that's really how my immigration journey started, you know, to, to Canada. And uh, like I said, I always go back at, you know, the sacrifices that she's made and um, how she's opened up so many up windows of opportunities, not only for myself, but also for, you know, for my siblings and for my parents. And then later on, of course, the rest of our family has been able to join. And then later on, some of our relatives as well. So really grateful to her for, for, for what she's done. Apart from the fact that you were escaping poverty, what were your hopes for your new life in Canada? Okay. So when I left Philippines, I've already completed my first year of post-secondary. So initially, my hope was when I arrived, I'm going to go to a university. 
I don't know what this place is called, but I'm going to go there and find out if I can continue what I started. To my disappointment, um, when I went to University of Saskatchewan, uh, which is one of the, you know, one of the universities here, I was told that because of the standard of education difference between Philippines and Canada, I would have to go back to high school. I was totally devastated and I was thinking, no, I can't do that because it's like I've already started my first year of university in the Philippines. I should just be able to trans transition to, you know, to the new school in Canada and carry on. But I was totally wrong. So that was my first hope is, you know, I would be able to pursue what I started in the Philippines as, as far as post-secondary. And then not only that, I was hoping that um, you know, I'd be able to, to, um, to integrate myself fully in the community. But as you can probably understand, uh, and any, any newcomers can understand, it's not always easy. Um, you know, first of all, you got, there's so many um, challenges or setbacks that you might encounter. Uh, for me, language was probably one of those things. And Although English is used as a communication or language of communication in terms of teaching in school in the Philippines, um, it's, not, it's not like here in Canada where I have to communicate in English on a daily basis. So I struggled for the first little while with, you know, um, the communication. And I was always um, thinking to myself, I don't want to say anything because what if I say the wrong things and are people going to make fun of me so i always have those limiting beliefs and i that kind of held me back you know in pushing and pursuing something that i really wanted to do so for the first little while i was struggling with that and then not only that not only that but cultural shocks um set definitely different cultures and as the years go by, I have learned to, you know, to adopt to the Canadian cultures uh, without actually losing touch of my own, you know, cultures and roots and heritage. You mentioned that you went back to high school so that you can be able to pursue your dream career because they said that your education in the Philippines is different from that of Canada, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So how did that make you feel? when you heard that news and how did you then navigate your path? I was, I was, cause I felt like all over again. Right. Um, but really I had no choice. Um, it is what it is basically. And so back to high school, I went and, um, I, I was put in grade 11 for about a week. And then after that, then they said, you know what, you're already ex excelling. So we're going to move you up to grade 12. So th they did that. And yeah, so I just, you know, tackled going back to high school all over again and just really just uh, worked on bettering myself because I, I saw it as an opportunity to enhance my communication skills because um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking if they put me right in, in university and I'm struggling with communication, I probably would not do as well. So I took that as a challenge and looking back now, I'm, I'm, 
you know, looking back now, I'm thinking that was actually an excellent idea. Mm -hmm. It has prepared me for the next level of my education. So I actually took a year off after I was done um, high school. And then I went to a community college um, mm -hmm. into computer accounting technician. So now let's talk about limiting beliefs because you mentioned earlier that limiting beliefs were holding you back from pursuing what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And looking back at your journey now, it's evident that you've been able to overcome those limiting beliefs. For those people who might be listening and saying, Harleen, you're absolutely right. I'm dealing with limiting beliefs right now. Or for some of those people who are just trying to make that decision to move to Canada, who are already um, telling themselves a story in their head that, you know what, um, they've come up with a list of limiting beliefs in their, in their mind. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome those limiting beliefs? And what advice do you have for those people looking back at your own journey? Okay. So the way I've overcome those, I would call them more like insecurities is I really had to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And I think for the first maybe six months of my high school, I was not integrating with, with equations friends or classmates. And I had to make a decision to really just get out of my comfort zone and just really push myself outside and just Start, I started making friends. And then as soon as I made that decision or that move, I realized, wow, it's not as hard as I, as I perceived it to be. And my classmates were very understanding. Um, you know, if I say something that they didn't understand, they would always say, I'm sorry, could you say that again? So for anybody that is listening and they are, are, are already um, having those um, predetermined beliefs or limiting beliefs, I would encourage people to just kind of put it aside, encourage yourself to get out of your comfort zone because one never grows up if you stay in your comfort zone. So it's almost like no pain, no gain, right? Um, mm -hmm. You really have to push yourself and outside of your comfort zone. And it may seem harder in the beginning and you know, it may seem very uneasy at the beginning, but, you know, once you, you push yourself out of that comfort zone, then you will realize that you are more capable than you had taught you, 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 you are, right? And, you know, expanding your horizons and just meeting different people, that's how, that's how you're going to learn. So for somebody that would be maybe coming to Canada and say they settle, um, I would encourage them to get integrated in the community. Like Canada is truly a country that celebrates diversity and inclusions. And it is very evident with all of the government initiatives that they do. For instance, like um, they have newcomer centers at almost any of the major cities, right? Um, in Saskatoon, there's the Saskatoon Open Door Society. There is the newcomer center, several organizations and fantastic organizations that really do um, help newcomers. So integrating themselves into, into the community is a key essential factor in getting settled um, into the new country in Canada. Um, 
And I think um, once they, they uh, get themselves integrated into the new community, then the more they, they are likely to discover that they are more capable than they thought they are. That's interesting. And thank you so much for sharing that. Speaking of integration, I would love it if you can share with us a practical example using your own life or journey. Tell us how you integrated well into your community and also as an immigration consultant from your own experience. There are um, instances where they, they do have um, ethnic, um, what do you call this? In Saskatchewan, we call them folk fest. And the more you learn about the other culture, not necessarily just the Caucasian culture, um, the better it would be for, for any, anybody. And um, it just broadens your horizon. So for like, I'm, I'm, the experience I could attest to, you know, to that is when I first came to Canada, um, my sister was, uh, and to this day, she still is very engaged in, in the church. And they always have activities um, for the youth, for example. And I would go, like, I would just go and just learn learn about the different activities that I could learn from, um, not necessarily uh, on an academic level, but just learning different, you know, activities in your community, get engaged in ethnicities um, celebration. Uh, I think those are very important. And for my clients, honestly, I, I usually connect them with, you know, with organizations that really would help them get settled in. Um, I always think that um, newcomers are, you know, um, are always afraid of really just, especially if they're coming from one place to another, there's always so much uncertainty. But always putting your best foot forward and just be adapt adaptable to the new culture is very essential because you can you can get um accustomed to the canadian culture but you don't necessarily have to lose your own roots and your own heritage right mm -hmm. and i think it's very important uh, for the newcomers to to understand that when they do come to canada it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to lose their own et ethnical backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, it's just adding more diversity into that person in general, because now you've got to learn the Canadian culture, you got to learn the, your own culture and the many other cultures, because Canada is a nation of immigrants. So we're not just dealing with the Filipino cultures, we're not just dealing with, with the African culture, with the Nigerian culture, with Hispanic culture, it's really, um, if you look around, Canada is a nation of immigrants and there's always something to be learned from anybody that you, you know, you can encounter on the street even. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Um, you've, you've alluded to it earlier that there's so much uncertainties um, that newcomers are worried about when they're coming to Canada. As a newcomer, when you came to Canada, can you tell us some of the major orders you personally faced and how did you overcome them? 
I, I probably would speak more about my clients um, and give you a very specific example on yes. that. Yes. Um, because most of the clients that I do represent on, you know, on their immigration journey to Canada are very skilled, very highly educated, um, you know, from their home country. And the very common question I ask, I get asked all the time is with their foreign education from, you know, from Philippines or wherever the case may be, would they be recognized in Canada? And that's always something that I, I often get asked. And, you know, really for, for some of my clients, and I would say for a majority of my clients, I direct them to organizations that would help them get their credentials assessed. Um, because honestly, once they have their credentials assessed, they would have a likelihood of finding a job that is closer to at least what they hope to get if not right mm -hmm. and so again like they always ask would my foreign edu education be recognized in, in canada and for a lot of these people they do come to canada um leaving behind you know a well-paying job back home not so much because they want to do it but because they want to provide a better future for their children and often i would see families that are I would consider them already settled and financially secured from wherever they are coming from. But because they are wanting to make this move, this courageous move to Canada, so that they could provide a better future for their children. Mm -hmm. So that's that's something that's probably one of the, the hurdles that um, you know my clients often encounter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, and I always think that people should, should, you know, should challenge themselves. Um, mm -hmm. I know that, that the educations are not always par in terms of standards, mm -hmm. but that shouldn't deter somebody from challenging themselves because mm -hmm. uh, there is always a bigger and better opportunity. They just have to take that leap of faith mm -hmm. and trust that they, you know, um, that they can do it. Mm -hmm. Couple with, you know, um, working hard and dedication because you can dream all you want, but if you're not prepared to work hard, you're never going to get to wherever you want to be. You, mm -hmm. there, like I always say, there is no elevator to success. You got to climb the stairs and you got to work for it. Mm. That's, that's, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's, I like, I like what you said that, you know, there's no elevator for success you know you have to climb the stairs speaking of taking the stairs when it comes to charting the path to success in your own career what are some of the strategies that has helped you because some newcomers come to canada and they are confused as to whether to go back to school or to write certification exams mm -hmm. in order for them to be competitive in the job market what would you say to them what advice would you give to them using your own journey your own story to explain this clearly thank you for asking that and some of the core strategies that i use to navigate my journey as an immigration as an immigrant are you know uh like i mentioned this earlier you got to learn to adopt and integrate yourself in the community Understand that you are not alone in the journey. Um, I think that's very huge because there are many other newcomers in Canada, so you are not alone. 
Uh, there will always be setbacks and challenges, but do not be discouraged. Um, never stop learning. I think that's a big thing because once you stop learning, then you become stagnant. Volunteer. Um, you know, some of the most amazing people you would actually meet when you are volunteering. And it's amazing what kind of connections you will make uh, when you volunteer and challenge yourself beyond, beyond your capabilities. You know, I'll give you an example of this. When I, um, when I took my uh, immigration consultant diploma course through Ashton College, I was working full time and I have, at that time, my boys were very little, very small. So I was working full time, I would come home prepare supper, get them ready for bed by nine o'clock. That's the time I would be studying. So that, that required a lot of, you know, extra work and juggling between family and work and studying. So when I say there is no elevator to success, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But then again, you will face some challenges along the way, some roadblocks. Um, and a story that I can share with regards to that was, you know, when I took the immigration consultant diploma for about a year, shortly after I was done, I was ready to write my licensing exam. So a couple of months after I was done, I took the exam and guess what happened? I failed. Wow. Yes, and as an overachiever, myself, um, though I, was, I always classified myself as an introvert by nature, I always did my best to ace my exams. So for the very first time in my life, I experienced what I consider a huge failure. Because when I actually wrote the exam, I was so sure of myself, I was so confident that I passed and then when I got the result, it was the exact opposite. And, um, you know, I went through a short period of, uh, I would call it depression, uh, to a point where I didn't even want to leave my room. I didn't want to talk to my husband. I, 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 it's, it's almost, I felt like I was humiliated and I was embarrassed. And um, it wasn't only, it wasn't until my husband told me that, you know, you only feel this because this is the very first time in your life that you had experienced failing and you are never gonna get out of this rut unless you try again. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very grateful for my husband because he was the one that really pushed me to get out of that dark, deep depression. Because I honestly think that if I, if he didn't like, you know, told me to, you, you know, shake it off, register for another exam and do it. I probably would, would not be where I am today talking to you, David. So, um, so that's exactly what I did. I, um, you know, I, again, going back to not having, not using the, like there's no elevator to success because having to rewrite the exam, I had to put in twice the amount of hours that I did the first time. So that meant extensive time in the library studying weekends and evenings. And, you know, if I had not put in those extra hours and work my butt off, um, you know, I would not pass. I probably would not have passed my second exam. And, you know, I'm just blessed that when I did it the second time around, I passed. And again, going back to just really pushing yourself because 
no one can do it um, for you. Only you can, can move that mountain. Only you can, can, can get rid of the roadblock. But you just have to work hard to get to your destination. And that's exactly you know, what I did. Um, just really working hard, putting in extra effort to, to get to my, to reach my objective or my goal. So in 2013, um, that's when I, you know, I got my, my license um, and I, was, I then became a full-pledged um, immigration consultant. Been helping, you know, clients and businesses and families and really this is the best job um, a person can have. I mean, I'm, I'm, you, some people may not agree with, with what I'm saying, but I always think that when you find what you are passionate about, um, then the job doesn't feel like it's a job anymore. And that's how it feels for me right now doing the job that I do, which is, you know, uh, immigration consultant. Great. So let's talk about cheerleaders because in your story that you just shared with us now, your husband played the role of a cheerleader for you when you failed that exam because he encouraged you, he, he supported you, and he also played the role of a friend. Apart from all this, because we all need cheerleaders, how do you think that newcomers can find cheerleaders when they can't find anyone around them that will cheer them on or encourage them? Well, you know what? And that's that's a very difficult uh, situation to be under. Like, you know, I, I always look back at my sister when she first came to Canada in 1991. She did not have any family members, no support whatsoever, no friends. She was going to meet her employer, which she only spoke on the phone. So for her, and this is something that she's always shared to me, you got to have strong faith to, to be able to, to, to face all of those emotional times in your life when you don't really have anybody. And I think the key factor for her, again, is going back to that integration. Like you really just have to, to, you know, to put yourself out there and get connected with, you know, let's say, for example, to the Filipino community. Um, they may not be your family, but getting connected with some of the organizations or, you know, communities um, will help you know, overcome some of those challenging when you don't have anybody a personal support that could help you navigate the whole process of settling into Canada. Um, I think it's very essential to be to be social and active as well, um, because if you if you don't put yourself out there, uh, I mean, who are you going to meet? who are you going to meet if you just stay in your room on your days off and for my sister she said she was always you know even if she just jump on the bus go downtown go at the mall she met you know some of the most amazing people and to this day they are still her friends because she she went out and just you know did her best to fully integrate into the community so basically um being proactive to integrate into the community would help absolutely to yeah now let's speak of failure you you touched uh, on it a little bit about the fa you failing the the certification exam to become uh, an immigration consultant mm -hmm. apart from 
that particular one. Can you tell us a story about a big failure or a mistake you made and how you corrected that? Oh boy, that's a very good question. Um, you know what? I'm going to use a very uh, an example where again in my in my profession as an immigration consultant mm-hmm. and I think as as an entrepreneur as you as you go into a business you learn how to use your people's skills and sometimes your your instincts will already tell you it's not good don't go go into don't get into that you know whatever and my example of that would be is when um a specific client came to me and said that um i need you to help me because i was working with another consultant and this consultant isn't doing her job. And I was like, okay, let's sit down. And right off the bat, I knew that there was going to be some problem, but I, again, I'm just hindsight. I was kind of ignoring it. And then later on in our process, you know what, like things uh, weren't going as smoothly as I would want to be. I would explain some of the process and it's like explaining to the wall almost. And really the way for me to get out of that situation was to just withdraw from representation because I strongly believe that if somebody is going to hire my service, they have to have the utmost confidence in me, but also they have to be able to to listen to what I'm going to say. And that's, you know, like, again, hindsight, I, there were red flags, right? Like signals and, you know, um, signs, mm-hmm. but I failed to, to, to address those or failed to see those. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know, like the only way that I would be able to get out of the situation is if I withdraw from representation. Again, you don't want to go into a relationship, professional relationship with somebody if they are not willing to listen to you as, as you know, with your professional advice. Mm-hmm. And so I really just had to withdraw from representation and explain to him that, you know, if you really want me to represent you, we need to be on the same, you know, playing field level. And if we can't be on the same page, then I don't think there is a relationship. And sometimes you just have to pick your own battle. And um, at the end of the day, um, you know, money is not everything. Sure, Mm -hmm. this person would pay me for my service, but at the end of the day, is it worth your peace of mind and your sanity? And, you know, as, as I... You know, as I grow my business, um, it's just part of the people's skills. You kind of learn how to pick your own battle. You know, my experience have been very, very good with my clients. Um, and, you know, I could never thank them enough for trusting me um, because I think it's very important to work with somebody that that believes in you, that trusts you and believes that you are going to do what's best for them. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's actually very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um I like something you said that you you need to just pick your battles because yeah. you don't want to be fighting an uphill battle that is not worth what's your your energy exactly. and at the end of the day you'll be exhausted and um it's not gonna be worth it so yeah. thank you so much for for sharing that story with us no you mentioned earlier that when you got the news that your immigration application has been approved and um, your family will be relocating to canada 
it was a dream come true for you because finally you'll be escaping poverty mm-hmm. and um, you would have a better future. How has your story shaped who you are today? Looking back now. Well, you know what? I think Canada has has really changed me as a person in general. Um, Canadians are very laid back. And what truly surprised me about Canada is the fact that it accepts you as you are and gives you the chance to do well if you work hard, no matter where you're from, your skin color, your gender, your religion, your sexual orientation or preference, you are always treated as a human being and you are respected, considered as an equal and able to live in a country with total freedom and in peace. So being in Canada, and I've been here for about 26 years now, has really shaped me into the person that I am. And and I say that in a way that I've become more um, appreciative of the little things that a lot of people take for granted. And because I came from a very poor country, um, Canada has even given me that sense of a bigger sense of appreciation for the many things that I didn't have when, you know, growing up. And I'm always grateful for, for, you know, the opportunity that was given to me because, um, you know, like Canada, the people are very loving, very, you know, I've never been anywhere else where people say sorry a lot. <laughs> um, the overall kindness of Canadians are especially evident in some of the initiatives that they do to address the needs of the less fortunate. And it actually helped me to, to give back, um, you know, um, like integrating myself, going back again to integrating myself in the community, participating in some of the fundraising drives for, you know, some of the charitable organizations um, in my community. So it really has given me a good sense of appreciation for all the things that I have, but at the same time, giving back to the people that are less fortunate. Now let's let's talk about newcomers and immigrants for a minute. What are some of the mistakes you see newcomers make? As, as an immigration consultant and as someone who interface with a lot of newcomers and immigrants, what are some of the mistakes you see newcomers make? That's a very, very good question. And I'm actually glad um, you asked that because honestly, the one of the biggest mistakes I see is people not taking care of their credit. I cannot overemphasize how important building a good credit is because I see it all the time and I'm not even in the financial industry, but with the people that I know and some of the clients that I help, I always tell them, take care of your credit. It is good to borrow money, but it is more important to be able to show credibility. Pay your bills on time because when it's time for you to buy a house or a car, if you don't have a good credit history, you the no financial institution will lend you the money. And that's something that I have ever always seen not necessarily from my clients but you know from the people that i encounter with it's like we want to buy a house and then they submit an application and say oh yeah well 
you know, you've had this credit card payments that you haven't been paying. So it's like, how can I help you if, you know, so I think it's very important for newcomers to understand the importance of building credibility. You know, that paying history is very essential. And that's something that I, that I see and hear all the time. Because I think people get overwhelmed with, now they have a credit card and then they're like, they go on a shopping spree and then they forget that, oh yeah, it's gotta get paid in within so many days and then, then what happened, right? So that's really is something that I do see more and more. And I think it's essential for these people to be educated on those things that may seem less trivial in the beginning or when they first come to Canada, but when it's time for, for them to invest on like a, a house or a car, you, they're gonna look at your paying history. So I, it's probably is my pet peeve, but very essential to, to have a good credit rating. So apart from good credit rating, what else? Well, I think a lot of people are just um, too afraid too afraid to take a leap of faith. Um, what do you mean by that? My, um, one of my relatives has, um, has come to Canada probably over two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me as though he gets contented with the job that he has right now. And there's nothing wrong with the job right now. But if you have a potential, or if anybody has a potential to elevate themselves, don't get satisfied with just what you have right now. And if it means you have to pursue, you know, to push, uh, to pursue education or, you know, uh, enhance your education, um, do it because don't get comfortable with just what you have right now. And I don't mean that to be greedy, but if you have a potential to move up, why wouldn't you take the chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't be afraid to, to 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 level up you know there's there's always opportunity um but you they have to take that leap of faith and i know it's not always easy when you are new to canada um and i can totally understand that i can relate to that uh but you just have to to work hard and you know challenge yourself level up and you will be surprised at what you can accomplish when you step out of your comfort zone. Really, you know, my advice I can really give to new immigrants is to not be discouraged by the initial setbacks upon arrival. Um, Like I said earlier, there will always be roadblocks, um, but it shouldn't let them stop from becoming who they really want to be. I think it is essential to find you know, what they are passionate about. I'm very um, passionate about my job as an immigration consultant. And when you are passionate about something, then it doesn't feel like a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like going to work doesn't feel like a job. You're, you're, when you are truly making a difference on the lives of others uh, through your profession or whatever it is, find what it is that you are passionate about and everything else will kind of fall into place because if you don't enjoy what you are doing, then, you know, it, it seems like it's, you're just like a hamster, you're going in circles. But if you really find what you are passionate about, then it's, it's a different story to tell, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, people should celebrate their own unique self and again, get integrated in the community. Um, yeah, like just adopt to the Canadian cultures, but don't lose your, your own roots because, you know, some of the things that, that are from your own culture, you can intermingle them with the Canadian culture and it can produce a very beautiful person inside you. So, you know, believe in yourself and surround yourself with the people that really brings out the best in you. Um, that's my advice to the newcomers. Yeah. Thank you so much, Harlan, for being with us today. And thank you so much for sharing your story, your insights, your advice, your knowledge. We truly appreciate the gift of your time. Thank you so much, David. And I do hope that some of our listeners would uh, have some takeaways from our uh, talk today. And once again, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FreshStartOrb. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you please go to www.thefreshstartup.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.